everybody and welcome back to Don't Skip Therapy. Today we're really excited about our topic. Our topic today is who taught you to be small. This idea came to me, Emily, specifically when I was talking with a coworker a few weeks ago at work. I was sitting there and chatting with him and I was mentioning a, a woman I had saw at the gym and she was like dancing, not like <laughs> kind of having a little jiggy, like silent dance, but like full on dancing to her next machine at the gym. And for a moment, I was going to pass judgment. I was like, no, go her. And I was relaying this to him. And I was like, dang, that is confidence right there. I aspire to have that kind of confidence. And our conversation keeps transpiring. And eventually he looks at me and goes, who taught you to be small? And I sat there for a minute, like stunned. And it took me a minute. But then I thought of two people who had taught me to be small. And as I sat and pondered about it, like for the days to come, I realized that these people were not a good voice of reason. They were in really negative places in their lives and they were trying to tear me down in order to make themselves feel better. And that is not my responsibility to dull my sparkle so other people feel comfortable. I don't have to do that. And it even got me thinking, not long before that conversation I had with my coworker, my mom had sent me childhood like home videos. And weirdly enough, the home video was of me dancing with my siblings <laughs> in my bedroom. The I was in I had this all blue room. We were in Michigan while my dad was in ortho school and Mason was holding, which is my brother, was holding the camcorder for me and my sister dancing. I was in my pretty much my uniform up until current day. I still wear the same thing <laughs> of soccer shorts and a t-shirt. And I was playing Confessions of a Teenage Drama Queen music. It was like my jam on my little CD player that had like the actual disc CDs. Mm -hmm. And I was just dancing my little heart out. And I did the same like leg kick <laughs> over and over again. And I loved to dance. I, I loved it as a little girl. I would spend so much time in my room dancing and twirling and listening to my music mm -hmm. all the time. And where did that go? Totally. No, I'm with you on that. Um, that video is is a straight classic. <laughs> that will go down in history. Mason's barely able to hold the camcorder. Right. It's like falling over because back then. They're so heavy. Yeah, they're like heavier than the <laughs> iPhones we have now. Um, but yeah, it, it, that story makes me think back to growing up as well for me. And my family, we had a tradition every summer in July that we would go to this lake up in Wyoming called Fremont Lake. And I love to go into Fremont Lake every year. My family's not big travelers, honestly. Um, so this was kind of the big trip of the year, <laughs> going to <laughs> going to a lake for a week. In Wyoming. Yeah, in Wyoming <laughs> camping. And I absolutely loved it as a kid. And I still do today. Wonderful memories. But I specifically remember one time, one year, we got up to the lake, I think, pretty late this one night. And we weren't able to launch the boat because of obviously arriving late. Um, but the next morning we got up and I could not hold back my excitement to get on the boat. And so I went down with my uncle to launch the boat. So it's on the north or the south side of the lake. 
and we're launching the boat and we got the boat in the water and we're going to head back to where we parked the boat for the, you know, the duration of the trip as we're, you know, camping in the campground and then going to the boat and all that. And during this time, it's kind of a, a decent boat ride back to, to where we were going to park it. And I just could not hold back my excitement. And so I was in my pajamas at the time, didn't think I was going to get in the water. So I was just in my pajamas. But I, like I said, I could not hold back my excitement. And so I don't know if it was my personal decision or if someone, hey, why don't you do this? But I decided to take off my pajamas, down to my underwear, put my life jacket on and jump in the water so that I could start kneeboarding. Back then, kneeboarding was my thing. <laughs> I absolutely loved kneeboarding as a, as a young, young kid. And so this vivid story of just remembering me not having a care in the world, not having a care in the world that I didn't have a swimsuit, not having a care in the world that I didn't bring a towel, that it was really in the early in the morning and the water was freezing, but my excitement was there. And so I just went and did it. That's what I did as a kid. That's what we all did as kids. We just acted based on our excitement and our and the fun that we wanted to have. Right. You know, and then I think back to a different story from when I was a kid and how it's very, con, you know, contradictory almost to uh, my life as an adult right now. So... Back then, I think we all know that uh, when we're in elementary school, we have these, you know, parent-teacher conferences, right? And your parent comes, you meet with a teacher, and you kind of assess how you're doing and whatever. And I remember one specific parent-teacher conference with my third-grade teacher, Miss Stone. And Mrs. Stone, wonderful lady, she 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 was a great teacher, and she pushed us to be better. And I remember um, she said to my mom, oh, "Michael, he's very smart. He, he he does good in school, and he's doing well, but he just." talks. He talks to everyone. And my mom said, Oh yeah, Michael struggled with that. Michael struggled with that. Have you thought about moving him, you know, away from his friends to, to moving him to people he doesn't know. And the teacher said, yeah, well I tried it. And when I moved him, he started talking to those people. over there. <laughs> Talking to everyone. <laughs> just talking to everyone. It didn't matter who it was. I just talked to people. I enjoyed relationships. I enjoyed the, the human connection. Right. And then I, I've kind of thought about, you know, in my adult years, I've kind of become a little bit more apprehensive or nervous when it comes to talking to people I don't know, or I still do it because I mean, that's a huge part of business, but I feel nervous more or I feel nervous. more nervous than I ever have before, or it takes more out of me, it takes more energy to, to dive into these conversations when before it was just so natural. Right. And so it made me think back to, you know, what changed? What? Yeah. And why? And why? What, what happened? What happened to the magic I had? What happened to the sparkle I had? with being able to just talk to anyone anytime with no nerves at all. Right. And so the question we want to propose to you guys is think back to when you were a kid, how did you act? What did you enjoy? What did you like doing? What was your magic you had? What made you unique? What lit you up? All these questions. Think about these questions and are you still doing them today? Do you still have those same traits? Do you still have those same tendencies and abilities even, right? What is your magic that maybe you've lost? As we've, you know, Emily and I have discussed our personal stories and, and things that we've maybe have lost. Right. And I think too, like, and question yourself, why did I lose that? Was there someone or something that caused that to happen? It could be specific people or it could just be society in general of like socially acceptable. Like today, it wouldn't be socially acceptable, acceptable for you to kneeboard with in your underwear. Right. <laughs> That'd be disturbing to the public. But it's the principle. Right? Yeah, it's, it's the, the principle. principle behind it. Right, right. But and so it could just overall be society or people or like, what is there specific memories that come to mind where you're like, that's when I would like stopped dancing. That's when I stopped doing these things. That's when I lost it. Yeah. And th then you have to ask yourself the question that I asked myself earlier 
of, are these people a good voice of reason? And if they're people trying to dull your sparkle or take away your magic, make you feel small, they're not. Mm -hmm. They're just purely not. And society tries to do it to help us fit a mold that most of us, if not all of us, do not fit. And it's important that we realize that that is truly not who we are and we are born to stand out. I remember I was waiting with my therapist, Craig. My whole family had seen him at some point in time, but he's awesome. And I remember, and and I tied this back to when my coworker asked me this at the very beginning, who made you small? The exact words that I used with Craig was these people, the only way I can describe what they're doing to me is that they're trying to squash me and like dull my sparkle. Mm-hmm. And and that's just so not fair to me. It's not fair to the person listening to this. It's not fair to you to have someone dull your sparkle. And if someone's trying to do that to you or a situation, a job or whatever, you need to not take them as your voice of reason. No, totally. I I agree with you on that. They aren't a good voice of reason. They really aren't. And for you, the story that you just shared it was two specific people, right? maybe through their conscious actions or subconscious, unconscious right. actions. I bet you it's more unconscious, probably. I don't think people are like trying to be vindictive and take me Maybe, down. though. Maybe. Sometimes there probably are. In yeah. my situation, I think they were just highly wounded people, insecure people, right? projecting whatever they had going on onto me. Totally. And so, yeah, like you said there, it really can be a range Whatever their their root cause is, maybe it's a, a specific person. For me personally, it wasn't necessarily a, a specific person, but like I've talked about how I've kind of lost this ability to just talk to people without any nerves. It's almost fear. Mm-hmm. And fear is trying to squash my match, my sparkle, my ability, right? Or my gifts that I can bring to the world. And that's something that I have to think about. That's something that you have to think about with people. Maybe Mm -hmm. that you, that those two people or whatever, that's something that I have to think about with a specific thing. Right. Um, but they, or that thing is not a good voice of reason. Right. Or like fear in of itself is a poor motivator. Yeah. Right. Or like these people trying to dull me a poor motivator. Mm -hmm. And I, I think it's important for us to realize that we are meant to stand out. We are not meant to just camouflage into what other people want us to be. Mm-hmm. And you also have to realize that people benefit from you not shining. It makes them, as when they're insecure, right? If a person's insecure, it makes them feel better in themselves. It's like that saying, misery loves company. Right. Right. And so you have to be able to realize like, that is a them problem. That is not a me problem. I'm mm-hmm. going to be who I am. Right. And they can deal with it. Totally. I'm with you on that. And it's a lot of times, obviously, it's easier when the person isn't super close to you. Maybe it was just an right. acquaintance in school. Maybe it was a teacher that you haven't seen in 20 years, whatever it might have been. So it's a little bit easier in those circumstances to assess the situation. They're a good voice of reason or not. Okay, they aren't. And then kind of make your you know actions following that. But the question I want to propose to you as a therapist and and get your thoughts on is what if it's a person who is close to you, who you do see you yourself having a a future relationship with, a long-term relationship with, a loved one, a parent, uh, a spouse even, Mm. what would you say to that person who's struggling with that sort of situation and circumstance? Right. That's a really good question. I think it's important to assess the situation 
Mm-hmm. Is this person having good intentions mm-hmm. or bad intentions? So, for example, someone could have good intentions, but maybe they're feeling a little insecure in their, or they're in a hard space themselves. Maybe they don't understand your vision of what you're trying to do. Um, maybe they haven't quite overcome th- something inward for them. And so if they're having good intention you, and you believe that they have good intentions and they're healthy people, like they're, they're good, healthy people for you in your life, you need to have a conversation with them and you need to, you need to express how you're feeling and communicate that. Because you can't hold people accountable for information they don't have. Mm-hmm. Right? And so you have to express that to them. Totally. Now, if you they have bad intentions, they're really negative, unhealthy people in your life, mm-hmm. to put it simply. Mm-hmm. That's where boundaries need to be put in. And as hard as, as hard as it is, those people should not be your voice of reason. Unhealthy, negative people in your life should not be your voice of reason. And their influence and role they play in your life should be limited. That's really hard to hear. And it's a really hard path to walk down. Um, And I think it's important here that I'm giving general information. And I would encourage people that if this is your situation, where it's someone that's very close to you that is trying to make you small and kind of pigeonhole you into something you don't want to be, to receive specialized individualized help because that would be beneficial in my opinion yeah for sure love that and so in wrapping up we want to talk about specific take-homes that we want you guys to to leave this episode with the first one is identify who or what taught you to be small who was it or what was the thing Uh, as emily shared it was two specific people for me It was a specific thing for you. So we encourage you guys to think about your own situation. Who in your life or what in your life is telling you to be small? The second take home is assess the situation and and ask yourself, are these individuals or is that thing a good voice of reason? And do I want to believe it? If they are good intentions, as Emily talked about, it's just a really, it comes down to a conversation that needs to be had so that they can understand your vision. And if it's bad intentions, there's serious boundaries that need to be set, even though it's really hard. Boundaries are hard. They are hard. (laughs) Um, And so even if it's really hard, it's definitely something that's important that needs to be done. And then lastly, just find your ways, your specific and unique ways to share your talents and abilities and gifts that you have that you only can bring to the world. There's specific gifts that I have. There's specific gifts that Emily have that are unique to the world. And it's up to us. It really comes down to a personal choice. We have to share this with the world because the world deserves our magic in it. And so dare to take up space. Well, guys, that's another episode. We're so happy that you guys tuned in. Thanks so much for tuning in. Please like this, share it, share it all everywhere because it's helping us grow. And uh, yeah, we'll see you next week. See you guys.